On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. My name is Victoria, and I'm so glad to have you here. I'm doing something new. I'm trying to record, to video record all of the episodes from here on out. I don't know if I have the stamina to do so, but I'm going to give it a go because I've had so many favorable comments about the video recordings. It's like everyone wants video. Now, you'll still get the podcast as usual on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast, it's going to be there in audio format. But I'm just kind of double dipping and creating the video as well as snagging the audio from it. So let's see how this goes. You've been on a lot of adventures with me so far, and we're not going to stop yet. So we're going to be dropping two videos a week. And my amazing virtual assistant and I work hard to get those little snippets, video highlight reels from each episode, and we'll pass those on to you to help promote the episode. But you can always get the full episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. And listen, if you're listening on YouTube, would you click that subscribe button? Just click it. And that means you basically it's free. And it just means that you are now like quote, supporting the Choose to Think podcast and my YouTube channel, which is Victoria D. Walker. And then it says Choose to Think podcast host or something like that. So that's just one little teeny way to show support for everything that's going on here on my end. And I would really, really appreciate it. You could even go a step further and write a review on Apple podcasts. Right now, that's about the only place you can actually write a review. You can light up the five stars for good measure and then just write one one or two sentences about any particular podcast or the podcast in general. And that will go a long way for people finding us and the algorithms everywhere. So I would so appreciate it if you would do those things. And today's episode, we're going to chat about Psalm 42. Psalm 42 has a few of my favorite lines in it, and I'll be reading it later on, but until we get there, I, I want to just give you a few of the takeaways that I have from this beautiful psalm, and what I love most about the psalm is that it shows self-reflection and self-awareness, and actually those are Well, a critical step that I actually teach in my seven step process, my signature process of learning to live your best thought life. I have seven R's that I deal with, and it's just a little formula or a recipe for, for how to find that joy and peace and hope despite all externals and everything that may be going on in your life. And, you know, we all really want mind renewal, at least I do. I wanna have a renewed mind. The Bible tells us that we have the mind of Christ and I am on a mission, a quest to figure out what does that really mean? Because I 
I have the mind of Christ, I guess the question becomes, am I actually using it? So I really, really, really want to, to use it. And if you want joy, it's yours. If you want freedom in your Christian walk, it's yours for the taking. If you want health, it's all yours. If you want optimal emotional health, you got it. But okay, that sounds good, right? And we know those are privileges that we have as 21st century Christians, but how do we actually put the feet to that kind of faith and those kinds of beliefs and those affirmations? How do we really grab hold of those and make them real in our life? And I think that this Psalm can offer us a lot, or at least a good kind of like a giant step and help us to go in the right direction. What was that game that when I said giant step made me think of that game where was it mother may I where you you know mother may I take two giant steps and and that's you know then if if you were granted yes then you could take the giant steps and take three hops mother may I yes you may and I think that's what I'm thinking of but so this psalm gives you permission, basically, just to really take some giant leaps forward, giant steps, like Father, may I? Yes, you may. And here's how. I love the psalms because they teach us so much about our mindsets. David is so emotionally expressive, and you know he wrote most of the psalms anyway. And so here I kind of looked through Psalm 42 and, and found a few tips that we can do, tricks that we can actually put into practice in our own emotional and spiritual life to find that freedom and to take those leaps forward. And if, you know, we are physical beings we're spiritual beings we have minds we have psychology right psych you know the the psyche and all of that we're emotional and god also gives us a purpose so when you we're all of those things and if you find yourself despairing in even one area it might just be time to talk to your soul about this and that's what we're going to see David does in the Psalms. Now, this, this particular Psalm says that it was penned by the sons of Korah. And, but I think there's some dispute among scholars about the actual authorship here, but no matter, it is still, it offers us something that's so relatable that we can really kind of cling, cling to and use in our own personal lives. I'm going to take a drink of this wonderful tea. This is organic green tea. Mm. I'm recording this about two o'clock and I try to do my tea at two. Now I don't have those good scones. Actually, I don't really like scones, but you know, something like a muffin or something would be nice, but nope, I'm just going to have my little tea at two. I'm going to be talking about tea. I cannot wait for the episode to tell you about the tea that I've been consuming and why it's so healthy and good for us. So if you'll, you'll notice that the Monday episodes, we're, we're switching from the clubhouse masterminds, talking about mindsets and reframing some toxic thoughts. We were on that for many weeks, and now I'm switching to to sharing with you some of the things that I do in my own life, some of the products, the consumer products that I actually use that have made a big difference in my quest to be fit and fabulous and over 50. So 
green tea is one of them. And there's just about a third of the amount of caffeine in a cup of green tea than there would be same coffee. So it gives a little boost it too, which is one of the reasons that I like to do it. But okay, so back to this Psalm. You know, I look, I poured over this Psalm and I twisted it and I turned it and I kind of divided it in half. I think it has like maybe 12, 14, 20 some verses. I don't know. And I'm not going to count them right here. I eliminated that because I, on my, on my screen, I'm looking at my notes and I, I took the, the verses out. I just kind of have it as paragraph form. And, and you're, you're going to notice when you hear it, that a couple of the, the lines, the stanzas, the, um, you know, these were lyric, these were songs. Many of these Psalms were actually songs that were sung and, and they were, so there's some repetition in there. So you're going to hear some repeated lines and a few of the things, it, you know, it starts out just like David fashion, or even the sons of Korah were learning right there with him that I think they were living in the time of David. Um, I'm pretty sure that they were not descendants of, right? But at any rate, this style of writing is the, the, the first line is talking about as the deer pants for the water brooks. So my soul pants for you, God. And so the first thing I think and I ask myself is, Victoria, does your soul thirst for God, thirst for God? for that satiation in my soul, that satisfaction, satisfying to my soul. Could I say that? Do I have that much of a desire and a longing for God? And if I don't, I can ask him to increase that for me. Because the Bible tells us that when we seek God, we will find him. And so in our seeking, we can be just honest with him, always honest with him and say, Lord, I struggle with really longing for you quite like that. And the psalmist gives this analogy of a deer, a very thirsty deer in its physical state needing to be quenched with water. Yet the analogy goes to our spiritual state and our need as human beings, as spiritual beings to, to actually be satisfied by God in a way that only he could satisfy. Does your soul, brain changer, pant for God? Does my soul pant for God? Am I desiring him just that much? And sometimes I say, yes, I, I do. And other times I'm like, mm, maybe not, not quite as much. And it, it, another line in there says, he repeats it kind of, and he says, my soul longs for the living God, the living God. Why does he have to put living there? Because we know God is alive. He's eternal. He was, is, and will be. He's omnipresent. He's always here. God can't die. Um, so why would he say living God? I think maybe he says it in part because he's like, you know, here I am in the land of the living and I want you, God, to be present in my current life, in my existence. Here I am in Midway, Kentucky, in my little home, filming this for you, with you, listening. Little Rico's right here beside me. It's not barking yet. <laughs> he will. Normally when I start talking out loud, he'll be, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is a yappy dog, but I don't care. I don't care. And I know people don't like yappy dogs, but I love this one and only yappy dog. So I think 
I need quote evidence. I, I do long for evidence. I long for God to reveal himself. I can definitely say that. Then the psalmist at this point, and let me go back to give you a little bit of a backdrop on when this was written. I'm going to read from some commentaries that I like. This one comes from um, the Jameson Fawcett Brown Bible Commentary. And they say that the writer perhaps is one of, of the Levitical family of singers, that was the sons of Korah, accompanying David in exile. And there, as he mourns his absence from his sanctuary. Yeah, I remember that the apparent or probable time that this psalm was penned was when David was fleeing from his own son Absalom, left the, the um, you know, he basically left the, his kingdom. Um, and then his son took over. But um, and so it's this one commentary says that's probably what's happening. And and he has he mourns the sanctuary. Of course, he's going to long for that. And it's been a cause of grief of grief for him. And he's been aggravated and taunted by his by his enemies. And but he's comforted in hope of relief with the hope that he has for relief. So that's one thought. And then here's another one that comes from the Treasury of David that says um, it was written in the time of captivity in Babylon. So, you know, that kind of fast forwards quite a bit there. And um, it, let's see, it also says, this is not unusual in this book to name the author of a psalm so obscurely and indefinitely for the sons of Korah were a numerous company. All right. And I want to say that of all the psalms, there are 150 psalms and maybe a dozen or maybe a few more were actually attributed to the sons of Korah. Um, it says, nor is there anyone somewhere the author's name, but he is one certain and single person. And therefore it seems more probable that David pinned this. So, okay, that was just in the pinning of it, but I did wanna go back to that because what you're gonna hear now as we were going through this particular Psalm is that David or the Psalmist begins his great lament. And he's already set it up saying, I, I long for you, the living God. I'm so thirsty for you and I'm panting for you. And then he even goes on to say that he's been crying, that his tears are his food. So now he talks a little bit about food and, and how it's, you know, he's just in such despair and crying and his enemies are saying, where's your God? Has anyone ever said that to you? because they know that you're a Christian and you stand for Christ and they see something going wrong in your life or maybe a travesty or an event that happens to you, a, a befalling, something happens and they're like, hmm, yeah, where's your God now? Where's, you know, where is he? Seems like he's not that living God that you say he is. And, you know, that's hard to hear, isn't it? Because it, it stings when people say that to us. And so apparently David's enemies were also saying that to him. And so then he says, I remember these things and, and I pour out my soul within me. So again, we get that idea of pouring out our souls. And, you know, when 
I, you know, when I suffered from depression in 2016, there was a point where I began pouring out my soul to the Lord and just really telling him and articulating everything that was going on. I began journaling and writing those things down and taking my thoughts captive, recognizing exactly what it was that I was thinking about. And here David is so reflective. And we can use that kind of reflection in our Christian walk also. Some people even keep a faith journal. And what David is saying is that he remembers when he used to go to the sanctuary where he used to walk with all the people and go to the house of God. He could remember that and what a joyous time that was. And, and he would go with that, that voice of joy and thanksgiving and celebrating even during the festival time. So you get that picture that he's, that he's, he's here longing for the Lord, but he's also remembering and reflecting and remembering those good times. Then this is where he pivots a little bit. And this is really what I'd like to teach you to do and remind myself to do it. We actually can talk to our souls. And this psalm kind of supports that premise that I have and that suggestion. Because David says, why are you in despair, my soul? He's like, hold on here. He's, he's, if he's, we're riding a horse, he's like pulling in the reins and saying, whoa, stop here. Why are you in so much despair here? Why are you restless within me? That angsts and that despair, that restlessness that rises up in us sometimes. David is recognizing how he's feeling. He's acknowledging his emotions. And that is another critical step. If we ever want to walk in emotional freedom in, in, and to have that kind of joy and peace that's there for us, we have to declare and recognize exactly what our emotions really are. Even brain science supports that notion, the acknowledgement of how we're feeling is cathartic. It is such a, a healthy thing to do. And sometimes we may tell a friend, yeah, I feel really down right now. I feel really sad. I can't put my finger on it. We pray, we journal, we do all those things that we know, but we, in the, in the meantime, we're really pouring out our soul. And, and then he says this to his soul. He says, wait for God. Wait, hope, hope in God. For I will again praise him. He knows the importance of praise. He values that. I'll praise him for when he helps me. When he demonstrates his presence to me, I will praise him. All right, so that is the one of the repeat, repeated stanzas or, or uh, refrains or uh, the lyrics here that are actually repeated. And, and you'll hear that a little bit um, later. And now he goes in, then I, I drew a big line across that because that's the break. I divided the psalm into two parts and I broke it right there. And then it, it's like he, re, he says it all again. Once sometimes isn't enough. That's what that tells me. Is it just because I pour out my soul once? Does it mean that I can't continue to pour out my soul and continue to have that kind of dynamic and energizing relationship with the Lord? And it's healthy to do that. And he goes back through and he says, my soul is in despair within me. And then he says again, I remember. And he talks about what he remembers from the land of the Jordan. And then, oh, my land sakes, this is one of my favorite verses of all times. And I want to, I hope this is one of the 
you know, I can, I'm not going to spend a lot of time like breaking my back editing. And when I voice record, I'll just delete. It's very easy to edit all the voice things. I mean, it does take a little bit of time, but if I start crying here, I'm going to let it fly because this verse almost makes me cry. I'll try to hold it together. Let me take a drink of my nice, delicious green tea. Mm. It has ginger in it. I kind of got a stomachache yesterday. Oh, I don't know if I should digress. This is the other danger of this is that I feel like I'm talking just so to you that I may digress as if we were sitting down and chatting. But uh, my pickleball tournament pal and I, we played um, yesterday in another tournament, which we did not win. But, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful that he will take the time to go over our mistakes afterwards and to say, OK, analyze it. And what did we learn and and where did we go and go right? What did we do right? Where did we goof? Why are we goofing? Why didn't we call that? That's yours. Why? You know, we're just really learning a whole lot. And so it was very helpful in that way. But I really hate to lose. And when I lose, I have such a poor attitude and a sour, unsportsmanlike attitude. And it's risky because if I'm in the choose to think business, not that I'm going to be perfect, but it's risky for us as Christians when we're not walking in the benefits that Christ has for us, even in our emotional health. And it's risky for me if I'm not being loving and kind because others see that and I want to spread the light of Christ and I'm going to keep praying my way through this. Hopefully one day I will lose, not with joy, because we all want to win, but I will see some sort of bigger picture that I haven't quite tapped into yet. But at any rate, this next verse <clears throat> is one that I have had on a little round magnet on my refrigerator for ages. The reason that it means so much to me is because I felt so low, like as low as I could possibly go when I was when I was depressed and I felt lifeless and, you know, without great motivation. And I wonder what, what it would have been like had I been playing pickleball back then. I have no idea. I probably would have stopped playing or something. But, um, you know, I felt just like the no energy, no air, no, no get up and go. I, I did get up and go and I was able to function. I was a functioning person who was depressed, but, um, but something was so amiss and so wrong in my soul and so out of sorts. And, and I was wrestling with God, actually. I wasn't longing. I was longing for relief, but <clears throat> part of what I was going through, I was mad at him, but at any rate, I felt like the depression was so deep. It was so low. And of course, I love the scripture that says there's nowhere that we can go that God isn't. His spirit rides on the wings of the dawn. From the depths to the heights, he is there. It, we, we cannot go to a place that, that he isn't. We take him with him. He's inside us. And he's that, which is great news because 24 7, 365, we have the spirit with us. And this verse says this it says, Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. 
I can't do it without crying. Dang it. Rico. And the next one, and I, I read a lot of commentaries on all of this, and some of them, it, it's quite varied on what, what people think all this means. And I may have it totally wrong, totally wrong. And so, you know what? Don't ever rely on me to do your own Bible study, okay? Let's just say that right now. I am, I, I studied the Bible out of my desire to learn and my love for learning, and I love the language and all of that, but don't ever do it don't ever take my word for it. You go find out, you study, you read the great people and, and you know, Greek and Hebrew and, and do that on your own. But because I could be wrong in my, in my interpretation, I don't even claim to be right. I don't even, I'm just sharing with you what I learn and, and how I look at scripture and what it means to me. And it says, all your breakers and your waves have passed over me. <clears throat> and that's it. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have passed over me. So to me, I always felt like even though I was in that depressed state and kind of just flatline, right? Flatline. That God was still with me and he was calling even in that depth. Can you all understand me if I get all choked up like this? He was still there in the depth of it all. He was still there. He was calling my name. And his love was there. His love knows no bounds. The reason I liked, <clears throat> I've always felt so funny when I, when I do this. The reason I like all your breakers and your waves have passed over me was because that almost seems violent in a way. Have you ever seen the ocean when the waves are magnificent, but, but they're unrelenting and they're just crashing on the rocks of the shore, just rolling in at such speed and with such sound. And because that's kind of what depression feels like too. You feel like you're taken under, you're sucked under. But even in that, God was there and he was calling and he hadn't gone anywhere. So, okay. Then David says that the Lord will send his goodness in the daytime and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. He doesn't say living God there. He says the God of my life. Maybe the same thing. But here he's turned, hasn't he? He's pivoted a little bit. So after he reckoned with deep calling to deep and the whole thing of this waterfalls and crashing over me and breaking over me. For me, I also had issues of repentance during that time where I needed to repent and be restored to God and be forgiven. And so there was some of that, that breaking that had to go on in my own life. And and so he has a little moment of, of clarity where he says, you know, God will send. He goes to the future, though. He encourages his own, his own soul with the future tense. God will send his goodness. And his song will be with me in the night. So if you're feeling like, ugh, you know, if you're feeling that depression, 
that state of despair, then you can talk to your soul and encourage your soul with this. And you can declare that God will be, he will send his goodness. He will be with me in the night when all I have are my tears, my own, you know, my own tears. All right. He mentions again, though, about those enemies. But this time he says, I will say to God, my rock. If he acknowledges like his, his friends and the enemies were taunting him earlier saying, oh, where's your God? Where's your God now? I'm going to see God acting in your life. Where is he? And look at you. Look what a state you're in. You're fleeing. You're away. You're gone. You're far away from his home. They're taunting. And, but now he's saying, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? He's so honest. So even though when we ask God why questions, it kind of, I don't know, I've not had much success with the why questions. Let me just put it that way, because they often take me to a why me? Why God? Why did you God? Why didn't you God? Why didn't you God? I've said that a gazillion times. Why did you not do this? Because it's in your will. Yet you did not do it. That's kind of one of the reasons I was upset with him or mad at him, because he didn't do what was godly and was within his will to do. And so those why questions, they never worked well for me, but that's what that's what the psalmist is saying. So why have you forgotten me? Hello, over here. Why have you forgotten me? I, well, and he says then, why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of, the, of my enemy, of the enemy? You know, why is this happening to me? Why am I so down here? Then get this. He switches from talking to God and he talks directly to his soul again. And he says, now, why are you in despair on my soul? Why are you restless within me? And he ends the whole thing with this repeated, these repeated lines. Wait for God. For I will praise him for the help of his presence, my God. And that's where he ends it. That's it. So the lesson for me as I was reading and I was studying, I was thinking there's so much here and it's so similar to the seven R's that I teach. It's that recognizing what you're thinking about, you know, realize that. And then you have to resist the enemy. You reject what the enemy's saying. Now you can take it to God, you know, why not? But you resist and you reject and then you replace it with God's truth. You reaffirm those things that are true. And this is exactly what I did to help pivot me out of my depression. Remember, I, my doctor told me to either go for a hormonal replacement therapy or antidepressants, neither of which I was really too keen on doing. And then my dear mentor friend suggested, Victoria, why don't you learn what it means to take your thoughts captive? Because she recognized something in what I was telling and all my outpouring to her. She recognized that something was amiss and I would, it would benefit me. It would be wise for me to learn what it meant to take my thoughts captive. And that's ultimately what I decided to do. And this is the process. Now I can look back five years later and say, this is exactly what I did. This is how it worked. This is, it worked for me. So after we, after we, re, after we recognize what we're thinking about and then we resist or reject the enemy and those taunting jeers that are coming our way and the untruths, because we may feel forgotten, but has God forgotten us? No, 
that is true. And so we replace those thoughts with God's truth. And then we, before we know it, we're starting to feel that renewal of our mind rising up in us. And God tells us, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And so we can rejoice in that. We can, we can remember how God's done it for us before and how he was faithful in our past and he will be faithful again now in our present. He's the living God. So we can actually, we can rejoice in that. Then the hard part is we have to repeat it. And we keep that process going. Those first four techniques or little steps, we, take, we keep them going and keep them going and keep them going. But we, we rejoice in the process also. We find joy in the process. And then the last two R's that are there would be we rely on God for everything. We're always focused on him because he has the answers. So we always rely on him. And, and by rely, you think we, you think we surrender to him. We fully say, God, you've got to do this, this healing work in my life. You've got to do it. I can't do it on my own. I need you to do that. We pour out that our soul. We articulate how we're feeling and we journal it and we, we get it done. We pray through our emotions and our feelings. We pray through these hard times when the breakers are just you know, so on top of us that we almost can't breathe. We pray through it. And then the last R is we rest. We rest. We rest in this wonderful new state of, of awareness that we have that, that God is, is healing us by his good hand. He's 100% responsible for the healing that we experience. But we have to partner with him in that process. You know, we're yoked to Christ, right? That means I got to come under the obedience and yokeship, partnership of Christ in that. And I have to trust him and I have to let the spirit lead me in this. But this psalm just meant so much to me. And I'm glad that it's the, I think it's maybe the first one that I'm doing a video recording on, even though I kind of blabbered my way through it but thanks for hanging in there with me and, and that's what I've got so please again if you're still here with me thank you for tuning in for joining I appreciate you so much sometimes I have t-shirts and merchandise and things and I put those links in the in the description of the video and in the description of the show notes or the show notes you know for the podcast episode and so you can go to those links and and just snag one of those I even have sponsorship now on my podcast so if you want to say yeah Victoria I'm this is encouraging to my heart and I want to support you you can just donate as little as 99 cents a month that would be like if you did that, I have something I want to send you, and and it would mean so much to me if if you would do that. I mean, like, if can I do a backflip? I don't know, but if I if I could, I would, and it would just bless my heart so much. And I'm having fun. I don't even need it. I don't need that. I, my dad asked me, you know, I've got that devotional coming out soon. So, oh, please, I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this devotional. You have no idea how the, the talk about a pouring out. What is the work that you do in your life that may be your best work ever? Your magnus opus or something like that? 
this may be my magnus opus. Forgive me if that is the wrong Latin here. I'll have to go look it up, but it may be my 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 big work of my life. I'm not sure, but it's all it's called it's called live your best thought life every day and or live your best thought life choose to think every day and so i'm still working on the title but it launches it'll come it'll come available the end of november right about maybe a little after black friday or so just in time for christmas gifts and and maybe you can do it next year with a friend and maybe we can chat about it even so i'd love you to get your hands on that that's just another way to show support but i'm really excited about that because it is going to be a lifeline for some of you i know it even if I had had that, that would have, during my depression, as I was wrangling with these thoughts, I think it would have been a real lifeline for me too. So I'm extremely passionate about it, unashamedly, unabashedly promoting that because I really believe I'm trying to give to you. That's my calling to teach and to share and to write. And I, I want that to help you too, because I know you're out there. Maybe I haven't found you yet, but I'm searching for you and I'm going to find you and it's going to be helpful to you. So, okay. I will say goodbye for now. Thank you again for tuning in. God bless you. Psalm 42, the NASB version. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? I remember these things and pour out my soul within me. For I used to go over with the multitude and walk them to the house of God. With a voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude celebrating a festival. Why are you in despair, my soul? And why are you restless within me? Wait for God, for I will again praise Him for the help of His presence, my God. My soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have passed over me. The Lord will send his goodness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, my soul? And why are you restless within me? Wait for God, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence, my God. And this is the word of the Lord. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.